0: God states very clearly, that faith without works is dead. You have people inside the Senate, you have people that are supposed to be on your side.
1: Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong,
2: They have about everything, the
1: border, the elections. I remember America and the
0: American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? god's given us a chance to make it right he's created a remnant for a reason you are the remnant i want you to know we're winning god is with us and in the end we know how this ends welcome back to another episode of conservative daily podcast i'm your host joe oltman um we, we have an interesting guest, actually not an interesting guest, interesting topic today. Uh, Mr. Producer, the, the this is kind of odd, Truth Social flagged our post for review, and the, the name of it is California Parents' Home Search by Police for Objecting to Grooming. Um, so I just responded to him that I don't know how in a million years you would think that that would be appropriate, but... I do want to tell you that, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a hard subjects. I wasn't, I was a little surprised that true social would not want us to talk about this subject, but this, this the, 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 things that we're going to talk about today, we have a guest, Steve Schneider. He's a parent. He's a parent out of the, uh, Conejo Valley unified school district out of California and the, Conejo Valley Unified School District is breaking from parents and says, and this this is, this is exactly what they're saying. So this is not me making things up. They are breaking with parents in teaching children, sexualizing children, K through 12. So I'm going to go ahead and bring Steve in so he can explain kind of what's going on with him. Steve, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: So I, I don't actually know how how any parent, how anyone that could be on a school board or that could be associated with school would think it would be okay to sexualize a child. Is there, I mean, are we crazy? Are you crazy?
2: Pretty sane, last I checked. Okay. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. So, you know, I... Um, It's been a, this started somewhere around January and uh, it's been progressively getting a little bit more unique as we move on, a little bit crazy. And I never expected the responses I would get by some of the people at the school district, um, pretty blown away.
0: And and we have a journalist, by the way, that's on the phone with us. He's not he's not on video, but he is on by phone and he I guess he's the one that broke this story or brought the story out. Joel Kilpatrick. I guess you've been in touch with him as well.
3: Uh, are you asking me? Yeah. Steve and I got to know each okay. other earlier this year.
0: So we have a good journalist. I think we should celebrate the fact that we have a good journalist that's standing up for children. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs>
3: Uh, That's great Yeah, indeed I'm a career journalist, career uh, writer and author And in the past two years got kind of recruited by the day that we live in To break stories no one else will break at the local level And give a platform to whistleblowers like Steve So they can be brave and share their stories When everyone else tries to silence them we give them a voice
0: so steve you're the parent yeah how how many other parents are standing next to you in in this fight
2: a lot um i think at the last school board meeting we had between four and five hundred parents show up and there's more that are contacting me daily um i told joel just you know hand out my phone number when people want to speak with me, when they respond to the, you know, Canal Guardian's paper, because I'm willing to talk to anybody at this point, because our community needs to know what's going on, what's going on with our kids. And I think that the school district has made it very clear that they're not going to tell us certain things. And we're just not going to stand for that as parents. We need to be involved. It's our rights to be involved.
0: I, I mean, I find it strange, you know, I'm, I'm a father, I have two kids. I think that if the school district would have told me that I had no place in the school, I probably would have handled it not so well.
2: Um, I, could, I can understand that. But, uh, you know, there's there's always a certain level of respect we gotta give to people, especially in uh, when we're dealing with kids at the school. Right. And we try to go down that road. And that's what I did when I first found out what happened. Um, I tried reaching out to the school properly and following that, you know, the, the 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 way that a parent should handle things. Speak with the school, speak with the teacher. Last ditch result, go speak with the district. But you know what? It fell on deaf ears.
0: So it, it, it not only fell on deaf ears. It you know, how, how did you find Joel? By the way, how did you how did you finally find Joel, or did Joel find you in this kind of craziness of?
2: That's a great question. I think um, at some point I reached out to the paper and sent a quick narrative of what happened, and we got in touch from there. Okay. That's right.
0: Now, now, Joel, is your paper supporting you in talking about what's happening with uh, the children in the district?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Conejo Guardian, which is at org, is a nonprofit citizen-run newspaper that was founded a little over two years ago because, Joe, you may, may know this, but local media got, I mean, it was bought and paid for before, just i mean, uh, by, uh, I would say, I'll say it this way, they were inclined to be left-leaning in the journalistic right. side before this, but when COVID money came out, that flooded all local media across America with hundreds well millions of dollars cumulatively probably hundreds of millions and here in ventura county uh the shape that that took were let's see a half million dollar small business forgivable loan which turned into just a donation to the local newspaper here it, plus a ton of county money wow. when, the, when the county advertises in your local newspaper they are buying the narrative of that newspaper so what we did was We send public records requests to the county, you know, and they have to give us the information about where are they spending their COVID media money. And then, um, you know, we publish that. And then we know that all the local news outlets are bought and paid for. So we saw this big vacancy. No one was going to talk about people having adverse reactions to these shots or military folks losing their jobs. We have a military bases here and a bunch of civilian, you know, employees of the military. So we just started highlighting and platforming these people. And then Steve came to us earlier this year with this shocking story. You know, we couldn't believe that this had happened in a public school, a third-grade public school classroom, uh, and all the other media were, I, I, I doubt that they would have run this story, and, but we were eager to put it in front of parents, and it's caused a huge, I think, a sea change in the district that we can talk about more.
0: Okay, okay. so the, the, this all centers around one teacher. Not it's not, the, it's not uncommon for others, but one teacher specifically, whose name is Karen Briggs, who promoted gender dysphoria to her nine-year-old students. Is that how it all started?
2: um what happened was my daughter came back it was somewhere around january 10th i believe she came back from uh the winter break and i guess the child had transitioned in uh in that class and um she had gone to the teacher had gone to the principal and asked whether or not she needed parental permission to show the video i believe it's called call me max and the principal without hesitation from the way I understood it said that no go ahead we don't need to speak with the parents and go ahead and show it so my daughter watches a six-minute video and comes home super confused now I had to learn about this from my my kid the school didn't even have the gumption to follow up send an email say hey guess what we, we did this today and we showed this video my wife had to reach out to the school after we found out I mean I was blindsided when I got home I didn't know how to talk to my daughter about this um, you can imagine anyone listening to the show right now. If your daughter came home and said, "You know, hey, Dad, what's transgender?" I, it's not something you're going to expect to to hear from them. So when we followed up with the the teacher, uh, we were you know told, "Hey, you know, I you know we spoke with the principal. We asked for permission. If you want to copy of the video, we'll send it." And they did. They they sent me the video. Um, and they cc the assistant superintendent uh, of the school district as well and you know we had to take a few days to really uh, as you know my wife and I to really kind of review this and figure out a response um, with that I mean kind of going back to what you're saying earlier you don't know how you would have handled it I kind of said the same thing to my wife to say you know I told my wife you know honey you got to handle this because I'm a little too fired up right now so it, this is best for you to handle and after a few days of no response from uh, the principal, I had gone to the school to drop off my daughter. And I actually confronted her about it. And the principal was denied everything, uh, wasn't willing to talk. She actually ran away from me like a coward into the office. And there was no conversation to be had. So what do you do at that point?
0: I, I don't know what I, I know what I would do at that point, but I'm not going to say it on here. I don't know if I would hold it together because our children are so precious to us. Like this is yeah. our, this is, this is the, this is the thing that is the closest to our hearts. It's the thing that we we're willing to die for. You know, it's it's. Uh, I don't know what I would have done, I, but but I don't think it would have been half as restrictive. You know, as there's you a way.
2: To, yeah, there's a way to handle things and there's a way not to. I spoke with a, a retired educator the other day. And she said something i have a lot of respect for for this educator she said you know this is something that has to be addressed in a classroom if it happens and i don't disagree it needs to be addressed but it's how you address it and whether or not you involve parents which should have happened but you know the the, the teacher said the educator said to me um had that happened in her classroom when she was still teaching she would have said okay uh this is uh you everyone in this classroom knows julie and julie is now johnny and that's it and we're going to move on to the next subject you will you know be respectful and we got to learn about compassion there's um, that's just one way of handling it in the array of you know alternatives that are out there right now so,
0: so so i mean the biggest thing is i agree having the parents be involved in the discussion because i think the parents could have come to a different conclusion of all right. here's how i feel comfortable letting our parent letting our kids find out about this and, and i think that the hardest part for a parent to to get over is the hiding it from the parents not telling the parents what's happening at all um but that's not where this stopped this hasn't ended there this has gone even further and it's become somewhat of an attack just on on you personally what what happened after after that event after you
2: well after that is uh around the time i spoke with the Guardian. And I had held off on everything. I say, you know, there's other processes. Uh, it was a few months that went by. I met with uh, I met with a friend that uh, was already involved in a in a fight with the school district. And I didn't even know what to do at this point. I didn't know I could go to the school district and you know state my grievance uh, on a public forum. And she talked me into it by telling me this is the opportunity to really figure out what you know what we could do. So. I went to the school district, I spoke, I was brushed off like it didn't even matter. I encouraged the school district to follow up with me and they had my phone number because you have to fill out this card to go speak with them. Not a single word, not one word, not one phone call, not one email. And it was at that point I decided I need to go uh, call Joel, call the guardian back and tell him hey, let's do the story, let's run it. People need to know what's going on. And then. Uh,
0: and then all It kinda
2: took off from there immediately.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so Joel, when you first heard about this story, um, you know, what what was your instincts at that point? I mean you you've been in, in journalism, so you've seen what's happened. It you know, it went from a more progressive media to more uh, I think radical left media. Um but what was your first instinct? Yeah.
3: Um, I mean I, I do stories and books with Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. So I knew I knew right away that this story was should go somewhere um, if Steve wanted it to, and so I just said, "I'm here when you're ready. Uh, we're we're going to tell this story." And the way we do things, Joe, is we keep the paper really credible by doing the re- kind of reporting that America used to do, that media used to do. They used to be in um, at you know slightly adversarial or suspicious relationship with governments and and powers and things and they would turn over rocks and look into things and give give the little guy a voice and that's all we're doing it's almost like (laughs) back to first principles because everyone else has gone so far afield so i just i said steve we'll uh we'll proceed when you're ready and he called back and he said i'm i'm ready and so I just interviewed him I knew it was going to be a hot story in terms of creating change that said I think it went it went further it went higher faster because of a couple things that happened one of which was the school district reacted in such an extreme way that it has forced the issue on every parent in our area. In other words, instead of staying silent or trying to chart a middle course, the school board and the superintendent, uh, the the superintendent came out with a very strong statement uh, pledging to promote transgenderism in every kindergarten through 12th grade classroom as necessary without ever needing to contact parents or anything like that. They basically positioned themselves at the very extreme edge of this issue. And uh, I was shocked by that. Actually, I was very, I was happy because it exposed them for their true agenda. And if I could roll the tape back to November, 2021, we've run stories about how the district is holding seminars to educate, so-called, teach their educators how to address sexuality and gender issues with students in such a way that never needs to be disclosed to parents. They bring in law firms to teach them how to legally have those discussions without having to make a record of it. And then, through another whistleblower, we discovered the document uh, that teachers fill out and never show parents answers things like uh... which gender does this kid want to be what are his or her pronouns which locker room and restroom will the kid use you know who knows this about the child it's basically a secretive form that parents they're not even aware that it exists and yet a lot of these wonderful veteran teachers and staff members are being forced to hide very private and critical information about students from the students parents and incredibly, it's the school district demanding that they do it really at at the uh, risk of, of losing their jobs. They have to do these things, and they're scared not to.
0: Uh, tired of feeling like someone's always watching on the Internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you. IP Vanish is a solution for you. You can use IP Vanish on your, your computer, tablets, phones. You can use it on multiple devices at the same time without sacrificing speed. Um, they're for you. And, and here's the thing. It, it, it blocks advertisers, hackers, um, your ISP, third parties from getting access to information to you, uh, blocks people from getting access to your passwords. All the data is encrypted. And for our listeners, you can get 70% off their yearly plan for listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button. A disclaimer if you are using things true social you have to turn off the vpn if you are using things like uh vmix uh chevy apps or things like that so there are some things that does need a dedicated ip um, and it recognizes that so just keep that in mind so go to ipvanish.com daily use promo code daily and save your 70 percent off so how many parents are for this Steve, how many? Parents there's some. Um,
2: there, there, there definitely are parents that are for this, and um, I've tried. I've tried speaking with as many of as many of the ones that would speak with me, because I'm trying to be compassionate enough to everybody here to figure things out. And right. I understand that if um, listen, if, if there's a child that is different in any way no kid should ever come home from school feeling like they're crushed as parents we've all seen that with our kids and it's the worst feeling as a parent to see our kids crushed so we need to be compassionate about things on their side as well as far as I'm concerned but um, there's a substantial amount of parents uh, at the that show up to the district and they speak their minds and they're their initial response to to me is, hey, you're a transphobe, you hate, you're a hater, Um, you're a Nazi is what they call me. And uh, they go really out of line and, you know, I have to correct them by telling them that I'm Jewish and that it's not something you call a Jew, you don't call a Jew a Nazi. So, you know, there's, there's some crazy things that have been promoted in these board meetings and the crazy ones will present themselves.
0: Okay, so uh, I saw this this um, Guardian superintendent statement on child sexualization at Maple Elementary and the Guardian's response. And there's the superintendent. His name is Mark uh, McLaughlin, and Mark wrote a, a letter that I thought was wholly one inappropriate, two did not stay on point, and three justified the behavior of teaching transgenderism for the sake of inclusion.
2: Right or wrong, right, correct. He did, yeah, he did it. And you know that that yeah. was uh, that was uh, that was a shot at me and other parents. As far as I'm concerned, that was him doubling down on everything at that point.
0: So I'm going I'm to read this. pretty one, unacceptable. I'm going to read this one part of it, and then um, Joel, did you did you uh, put this response? Did you make this response?
3: Yeah, it's published under my name on behalf of the paper.
0: Okay. This is, not too long ago we faced a tragic tragic event at Borderline and it all came together as a community. Now we see vile signs of hate hanging in our local overpasses, anti-Semitic and racist tags at our schools, deliberate twisting of the words of our country's civil rights leaders as a means to block ethnic studies and homophobic social media posts. And now we have to endure hateful, now we have to endure Hateful words spoon across the front of one of our elementary schools. This is beyond despicable. You know, the, one, one of my issues is, is that some, most of the time these hateful words that are sprayed across the side of a building are done by the people that are trying to get their point across. That they want to prolong this by making it hate speech. We, we ran into this in Colorado totally. Springs. We ran into this in, in New Mexico. Where the people that were uncovered in those areas happened to be the same radical leftists that were trying to get things across, so that they could use that as an excuse to continue down this path of uh, promoting um, grooming of children. Right.
3: It's the Crystal Knox strategy. You, you create a, an offense that didn't really happen, and then you overreact against the people who purportedly did that. And I don't know who. Some, the, the fact is that somebody, after, after the article came out, somebody spray-painted something on the school. And I don't have any idea. I, you know, Steve doesn't either. And yet that gave the school district and the local media, including CBS LA, the angle that they wanted to take to rally people against our point of view, which is that parents should be involved. And so they exploited this event, which we know nothing about, but the, you know, the, the, the travesty here is that they wouldn't address the fact that a third grade teacher broke this subject without informing or asking permission of the parents. We feel like that was a huge issue, and the media is willing over, to overlook that, and yet if some clown with a spray paint can does something, they all, uh, you know, lecture us on, on all these things that Mark McLaughlin was lecturing us about in that letter. Which I don't know where why he was bringing those things in. It was like he was just slinging mud at the wall or something.
0: All right, so that makes sense to me. All of that the conversation even makes sense to me. Although I, you know, I have my opinion of transgenderism being, uh, it is dysphoric and it is, I think, something that it's a mental illness. I'm allowed to have my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed to have that opinion. Yep. Right. But mm-hmm. I think the interesting part about this is first of all, I don't know parents that would re- that would resort to, in a normal environment, spray-painting a building. Like, that's not the symbol that I think most parents would actually push towards. If you just look at the psychology of how parents react to their children, it wouldn't be, let me spray-paint hate speech on the side of a building. And in every case that we've been able to use GPS coordinates to chase down people, remember, I was a tech CEO for a decade. It was really easy when they said that in a park somebody spray-painted Nazi symbols and everything else. Turns out it was someone that is a, a radical leftist Antifa journalist down in the Springs who was right in the middle of it and forgot to leave uh, its phone at the office or at home. So, so I know that th- this, is a, this is a principle that they operate under in order to create um, emotion, guilt, towards maybe standing against their, their ideas. Yeah. Steve, it didn't you know, stop here, yeah. though it didn't stop here. The, the police came after you.
2: Yeah. So the day that they, uh, CBS and whatever other media outlets were at the school for, um, the graffiti and they're making this whole event on inclusion. Um, I was contacted by, uh, the sheriff's department. Now ahead of time, let me tell you this, I backed the badge. I love the cops in our, in our neighborhood. We have a very special, uh, special community. Um, they they came to my house we spoke um i showed them my my ring cameras my personal tracking devices my cell phone and um i had to prove my innocence because they received a uh, what was their words they received a uh, a significant amount of leads from i think it's called we tip for uh, or for the community for 911 calls whatever and um I, that my description was given as one that was vandalizing the school, but from the way it sounds, it was very hanky. The way the colors called in and gave a pretty bad uh, tiff that I was the one that did it. But there was enough of them that it warranted them to come to my home. Um, they asked me if they could search my home, and I have nothing to hide. I know better than to let you know the police do that. But you know what? When I stepped into this, I said, "Hey, man, anything goes. So if I'm going to go to jail over something I didn't do, we'll worry about that later." So I said, "Guys, come on in. Give you access to my garage, uh, every drawer in my house, every bathroom, every closet." I to the point where they're like, "Okay, man, that's enough. We got to get out of here. We know you didn't do it." So, but they lied,
0: Steve. They lied. These people lied and made up a story saying, saying,
2: "Yeah." "Yeah, yeah."
0: so they weaponized the entire society against you
2: they did they did yep but the police listen they're a good group of guys and i'll always say that in any every interview the police have to follow up on the leads if antifa wants to continue to come after me with these bogus attacks then hey they're going to do that and i can't stop them but i'm not afraid of them and this is out of their playbook i know who they are and i know what they're going to continue to do and if they just want to waste their own time, the police isn't mine. Then that's what it's going to be until we get through to the end on this. I'm not going to just sit down, and I won't be silenced.
0: So, so Joel, you wrote some stuff in your in your response that I thought was interesting. Uh, McLaughlin's uh, McLaughlin's tenure as superintendent has been marked by soaring salaries for himself and other administrators, plummeting enrollment, stagnant test scores, and an aggressive uh, introduction of stand viewpoints on sexuality and racism many parents find offensive perhaps McLaughlin will and similar vigor address those problems and concerns to a wide audience.
3: right yeah so the, the school district used to have more than 22,000 kids in it not, not too long ago uh, they're down below they're at 15,000 something now and I expect that to go lower now a lot of that is demographic but we've seen a super acceleration of people keeping their kids out of public schools after the lockdowns because they finally realized what was happening. Interestingly, almost in inverse relationship to that, the amount of money pouring into this school district is phenomenal. The number of people making high, uh, making six figures, 150, 200 plus thousand dollars a year, for doing managerial, you know, even teaching jobs, is it's out of control. So when the COVID money comes in, which came in to the tune of 40-something million dollars, by the way, that's a lot of money per student. You know what we spent it on in the Conejo Valley uh, because of these, these so-called leaders? They spent it on social-emotional learning which is a way of capturing the mental health aspect of your student so they can teach your student what they want to and shield it from you based on some definition of mental health. Your people need to know what's going on with, with SEL, social emotional learning. And then um, uh, other, other diversity, equity and uh, inclusion, DEI stuff. So especially here in California, I don't know about other states, but they are flooding the zone with this DEI and SEL money under the guise of COVID money has nothing to do with COVID but they're transforming uh, school districts at the infrastructure level. So this is really a five alarm fire. What's happening with these millions of dollars is they're not just doing temporary measures they're doing permanent measures to institutionalize uh, school control versus parent control on issues like transgenderism, race, of course, CRT, stuff like that. We're seeing all of that, and at the same time, there there are thousands. In our case, there's thousands of people making huge amounts of money at a school district with dwindling numbers of students. So that's what we're facing, and we're just we're just bringing the truth before the people, one issue at a time, and saying, hey. Are you getting your money's worth? Hey, what are they teaching your kids when you're not looking? Hey, what are they hiding from your kids and claiming the legal authority to do that? And that's all exploded yeah. here in the Conejo Valley in
2: the last six months. Yeah, it's getting really scary when it comes to that. They're, uh, it's what we don't know. And it seems they're totally fine with us not knowing anything.
0: Well, I mean, I, I, I'm listening to you talk about this chaos that they're creating and typically there's opportunity in chaos. So people do things what they do the things that you're talking about because there's something hiding just behind the surface that they're trying to shield from anybody getting access to or seeing. Right. But even if you're able to... Yeah, fall- and they hired a
3: slate of radical school board um, members a couple years ago and I can't impress on people and I have to take I've had to really repent of this myself of how ignorant I was of how powerful school board members can be and we're seeing it now so if even if you're in a conservative area listen I where I sit right now in my house in the Conejo Valley I'm about five miles as the crow flies from the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library yeah in Simi Valley this is a conservative area Tom McClintock you know, was our representative down here for a while. I mean, it used to be that way. But even here in these conservative enclaves, these strongholds, you can get people who are brazenly going to come after your kids. They do it publicly and by name. They're not afraid. And they have institutional support. And that is exactly what happened here. And we're seeing it play out. Thankfully, I have to say, people like Steve. Schneider and others, parents, staff members, teachers—they are stepping forward and saying, "Enough is enough," and we're going to take you on uh, in in the public square. We're going to take you on at the ballot box, and you know, you're done. You're not going to uh, have control over our kids this way.
0: Well, how how did these radicals get in a conservative environment? How did these radical school board members get elected?
2: Who votes for who votes on the school board? When people are going down, they're not looking at the issues. They're looking at either Democrat, Independent, Republican. And, you know, the cool thing about our community is we're a small community, and I think we're a very reasonable community. I think this uh, this next election coming up, I think it's going to be very different.
0: Well, we've, then, seen, we've seen a couple of elections not go the way that they thought they would go, but we see more and more, you know, I, I don't want to pull you into – my thoughts on selection versus election, but are you concerned that based on what you're seeing with election machines and what happened in 2020, that that might influence your ability to claw back and, and uh, gain a, a better grip on your community?
3: I think we got a speak to that's that going like on. I love, oh, go ahead,
0: Steve. No, no, go ahead, go ahead.
1: And I know that preparing preparing yourself, your family, making sure that you're able to take care of yourself as the times evolve. Uh, I'll remind everyone that you can go to DCF Guns. If you go to dcfguns.com, you can find all of the locations. They have the Castle Rock location, as well as two down in Colorado Springs, east and west. If you go to dcfguns.co, it will take you to their online store, and you can find a ton of awesome stuff on there. Go get training, go arm yourselves, get ammo, get the things you need. Uh, so that's dcfguns.co.
3: I mean, I, I, I believe they use uh, the kitchen sink strategy. And uh, I admire your work, Joe, and the stuff you've done since November 2020, I think, it was my first uh, learned, learned of you and what was happening in Colorado. So, yeah, we're deeply concerned. And remember... We just had a failed recall of a governor who is very unpopular. And am I suspicious about uh, elections not representing the will of the people? Absolutely. And I actually have since uh, 2012, 2010. Uh, it just something didn't smell right in the state. I thought these statewide elections are going so hard left, and I, that's not the reality that I see even here in, in the L.A. area. You know, it's just, uh, it doesn't reflect, it, it's not the same personality that we're seeing in these people up in Sacramento, or the character, I should say. The character of the people in Sacramento does not represent the character of most people in California. And that points to some funny business, in my view, in a bunch of different ways, with with the voting machines, with all sorts of stuff. But it's also true that these school board elections and county-level county, uh, stuff, And city level, they are only decided by a few hundred votes. You know, in many cases. So, if you have a determined group of people that are willing to vote that slate, uh, you can get a person in there uh, on either side. So that gives us hope for what to do in the future.
0: Well, it's it's a good playbook. Now, Steve how do you work the problem are you are you connected to these other parents are you are you getting more parents uh, engaged are you having meetings every week what, how, what is the strategy that you're deploying right now um to help win back your your schools
2: so we're connecting with a lot of parents there's a lot of people involved in the community um i don't the good thing that came out of this is i've got to you know know more more people within my community i think it's beautiful I think that right now what's important is that we get enough information out there to the parents to let them make their own decision and see what the school's teaching their kids because I can't think of a parent that would be okay with a superintendent and uh, the school board backing them saying basically they're not going to tell us certain things. That's not okay. A parent's right to decide is a parent's right to decide. That can never be called into question, Uh, you know. There's As far as strategy goes, I wouldn't go too far into detail, but what I will say is when you mess with someone's kids, you have no choice but to take action and, you know properly. We have to get the right people elected. There are some people that are uh, running right now. Joelle Mancuso, um, uh, she's running uh, in one district. She's been making some really amazing efforts, and she's involved in a group called Mama Bears. Um, she's just fantastic. I, I, I stand behind her completely, and I hope that people, when it comes time to vote for her, um, for her, Karen, and um, we just have a—I think we have a third person come in for this November election. Uh, I think that with the information we're getting out there, that may just be enough to put people in the right direction to vote logically.
0: Logically. I don't know if anything I've seen in the last two years represents any sort of logic.
2: Yeah, I hear you. But uh, like I said, we're a special community. We're just outside of uh, Los Angeles. People live in our community because they want to escape from L.A. They're willing to drive an hour to go into L.A. or more because they come home to a slice of heaven that you don't really find in California. And when we're there we kick off our shoes we throw on our sandals and shorts we go walk around the community we look people in the eye and say mm-hmm. hello and this is not what people think about californians they think probably just the opposite of us but the reality is we we had a special community and i think all it's going to take is for people to see what's going on and what their kids are being subjected to at schools and uh they're gonna make the right decision i know my community and i have their back and i know they have mine
0: Hey, what they do to one of you, they do to all of you. And that's a, that's a really good ethos to adopt collectively. But I wouldn't let that fire burn out. I think that we've spent the last couple decades, and, and Joel, you've been in watching what's happened in your world last couple decades kind of mm-hmm. ignoring the problem. We didn't even know it until it was right on top of us. And, that's right. and so, so here we are now. We're trying to figure out how we claw back from it. And you have people that are frustrated saying, ah, you know, wake me up when you fix it. That you were never going to be able to fix it but it took two decades to get here so it's not like you can turn a light switch and say we're going to get back to sensibility we have to we have to plow the field knock down the trees and get rid of the weeds and that's going to take a lot right of now. manual work and and um, a lot of work a lot of work
2: you know we uh we flipped yep. the switch uh just to bring this up we had 80 people show up on june 14th to the school board which is all online anyone could watch that and uh The following week was the last meeting of the year where they had about 100 or so Antifa protest me when we showed up. But four to 500 people showed up inside and I'm pretty sure they shut the air conditioner off inside the building and we were just in the hallway sweating. (laughs) There wasn't a single person that left that didn't have a a soaking wet t-shirt. So uh, you know it was packed and this school district they haven't seen this many people stand up and speak out against them. but. To go from eighty to four to five hundred, I mean that's significant. Hopefully, we'll have a lot more at the next one.
0: Well, we're behind you. I'm gonna, Steve. I'm gonna give you the last word, and then Joe, I'll give you the last word as well. Um, But I want to tell you this: Thank you for standing up. Thank you for all the other fathers. I don't know how many shows we do where we talk to women, right? And we, and they're they're all the reason why we can save our country is because of mamas because of the mama bears of the world. But to see a man stand up for his children, the woman to go all the way to the mat, man, my hat's off to you just for for having the courage and the stamina and the tenacity to stand up for what's right. So, Steve, thank you. I
2: appreciate that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So, Joe, you you spoke
3: my mind. uh, But, Steve, is that you? Do you want to go first?
2: yeah let me just throw something in here uh we have another meeting coming yeah. up august 16th and um you know i definitely want anyone who's out there um that wants to reach out to me you can connect with me via twitter uh i'm at alien style 805 uh, i got about five followers which is great but uh we're putting out as much information as we can to people it's, i'm sure that will grow over time hey why so, don't you get on uh, truth
0: social or something get on something else because i got kicked uh, off of twitter
2: yeah, yeah, I hear that. Something I'll probably do. I'll start connecting across all methods of uh, social media here pretty quick. But uh, I'm just jumping into the game. I was always the guy staying away from social media, and now I'm being thrust upon it. So, yeah, so we'll do what we can. But, uh, yeah, go ahead, Joel. It's all you.
3: Yeah, it's guys like Steve that are going to save the country, in my view. Men have to stand up. I'm grateful for what the women have done. They have been a bulwark long before um, the guys chose to come back to the front lines. But I think we're seeing guys that were on the bench or the sidelines or hoping the fight would pass them by and get solved by someone else. Guys who were afraid of losing their reputation, their paycheck, their friends. They've said enough is enough, and they're getting up and they're getting onto the playing field. That is what encourages me here in Ventura County is that dads are coming to these meetings and standing up. And i tell you what, it is shocking the opposition. They're used to moms and women organizing and coming and, and they, they, uh, they just, they shout these people down and they try to marginalize them. But man, when a bunch of guys dads show up, that brings a different vibe to a situation, believe me. So I would encourage anyone who's listening who's marginal or has something to say or has a whistleblower-type um, article potential, go to your local media source, step up, be a voice. You can do it anonymously or by by name. It's always more powerful by name. But, dads, we got to rally. And when you do, I'm telling you what, the hornet's nest explodes, and that's when the fun starts, and that's kind of what we're doing here in the Conejo Valley.
0: Well, I got to tell you, you men are amazing. Go ahead, Steve. Sorry.
2: Uh, just real quick, I wanted to throw it out there. I just lost it in my mind for a second. But Sophie DeMonico, I believe she's uh, just came on. She's going to be running, as well as Karen Meyer and Joel Mancuso. So, three candidates to really watch for in our district, and follow them, and check out their uh, check out their information online. They're pretty fantastic people. And uh, I was saying earlier, you could also log in and check out on the Canal Unified School District website some of the past meetings. I would definitely say look into all the ones past June 14th of this year because the the issues will come up and present themselves, and they're they're pretty scary.
0: Absolutely.
3: And ConejoGuardian.org if you want to learn more about all of this stuff, Steve and the school district and the fight we're fighting. Canelo- Guardian.org. Hey, and Conejo is C-O-N-E-J-O ConejoGuardian.org
0: Yeah, so I, w- I want you to know that uh, Joel, I'll get in touch with you as well because, you know, we have a way to syndicate the, uh, Conejo Guardian as well and get you some more eyeballs on the, on the stories you put up so we'll help you on that as well
3: Great, we need it and thanks for your work, Joe, we really appreciate you
0: and look, what the, what, thank you, Joe. It's 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 just all about doing our part, right? And we have to adopt the ethos of what they do to one of us, they do to all of us. And frankly, I'm half dead, right? I mean, I hate to say it that way, but it's not about us. It's about our children. It's about our grandchildren. It's about future generations. It's about time we That's turn right. selfishness to selflessness, and we do something that actually matters in this test they call life. So, thank you both for coming. Amen. That's on. right. God bless you both. Thank you. So, it's interesting to me that we're having these conversations all over the country. This is not just Colorado or New Mexico. And the reason why I brought up the election integrity is because I wanted to know from a journalistic standpoint what Joel thought of that specifically. But we're seeing the same thing, the same thing that resonates through different communities and that is we haven't been paying attention. Nobody votes in school board meetings. So now that we're starting to vote in the school board, school board meetings, it becomes more important for them to cheat within the system by which they have, you go vote. And if you can't elect people from the community that represent the mores of your community, it, and I believe that everyone says that the problem happened in Colorado. That that, this was a test kitchen, this is where they built it, this is where all the fraud originated. And then you have others that say it happened in Nevada and it happened in Georgia and it happened in Pennsylvania and I think it happened in California. I think it happened in the place where no one paid attention to anything. Look at what that country has become. And I say country, not state. Because what laws do they abide by within the United States? They built their own green standard. They built their own gun standard. You have to have a gun tested to California's specs in order to sell a new generation weapon inside of their state. Com- clear violation of the Second Amendment. But they are on an island. They do and say what they want. They act with impunity. They lock down people's businesses and attack people as much as they want. There, there's, there's no standard by which they operate from. They let people get stabbed in the middle of the, of the day. They let stores get, get robbed. Starbucks in many parts of Los Angeles are saying, look, we're just going to close down all the Starbucks stores because they're not safe. They're also doing it in Portland and Seattle. And across the nation, Starbucks is shrinking their footprint because they say we can't make money if people aren't coming in because they don't feel safe. At the same time, you flip the coin over, the most important thing facing our children today is gender fluidity. Not the crisis that they face based on not being able to read or write or have basic proficiencies when they graduate from high school. Now, what's most important to them is that they're racist, they were born racist, and we got to beat it out of them, while at the same time, feeding them psychotropic drugs, putting a computer screen in front of them, and telling them, you don't need sports, and you don't need anything else around you, you just need to know that if you want to be a pink dinosaur, you have the ability to do that. Think about it. In the middle of the biggest crisis we've faced since 2008, where inflation is through the roof, people are dying in inner cities. Kids are going hungry to the to the point where they're not malnourished. They're not even getting an opportunity to eat. And what does the radical left do? What does the media do? What does technology companies do? They say, hey, listen, we're going to ignore the millions of people who are suffering right now because you need to be learning about sexualization inside of kindergarten and first and second grade. And then they get all the people in their community to focus on that while they rob the entire bank behind them. This is a heist of America. It's a heist of American values. Steve had to prove that he did not go and spray paint the side of a building. It wouldn't even cross most people's mind. My child is being indoctrinated and groomed. I think I should go spray paint a building. No. But that's right out of the book of rules for radicals this is how they operate and as we strip god from our community as we throw around dog whistles racists homophobe transphobe i i'm not a tra- i'm not afraid of a transgender by the way i want to be really clear i don't agree with it because i think it's a mental illness now whether or not you decide to be a pink elephant i don't care go do it but leave our children alone I'm not a racist. Most people aren't. But what's sick about this ability to point at these, what I call ghosts, is you can't solve a problem because you can't see it. It creates paranoia, divisiveness in our communities. It's designed to do exactly what it has done. Separate man from woman, husband from wife, sister from brother, It's dividing and destroying everything about family and friends as people stand on the side of ideological differences. All because, mostly, they've had an experience with a racist. And they're like, yeah, I could see how that could happen throughout the entire community. I've faced it five times over the last ten years. Not realizing that one racist can have ten different encounters with people in just one day. There's a small group of people that run around acting like racists. While the government institution of evil, Now oh, that's a much bigger problem. And it's much more visible. We just try to ignore it. So as you go about your day, men, I'm talking to you men specifically, you have to recognize that truth is something that you have to speak. You have to talk about the sensibilities that we're trying to restore to our community. And if you're one of the people that's on my site or sending me emails or text messages and saying, "Uh, what difference does it make? We can't solve the problem. You're not helpful because you don't want to work the problem. It's like most people in the workplace. They want to do just enough to get by. And I would challenge you that whether you work or you play, you play a sport or you write, you should be doing it to the best of your ability. Not for your employer and acting as if, or your team member, or the company, or or your, not for them, but for you. You should be doing it the best possible, and you should be serving your community and trying to work the problem. Not complaining about the fact that things aren't going the way you want them to go. You can't turn a ship that's going 80 knots in the direction towards hell. Can't turn it on a dime. It takes time, and more and more we're seeing that we're winning. The devil is losing. God is something we talk about every single day. We pray on this show twice a day. We give and give and give and give, and we serve our communities, and more and more people are waking up and recognizing that that's their obligation, but men, it's going to take you. Women, I don't want you. Ladies, I don't want you to step out of the fight. I want you to stay in it. I just want men to look and say, I need to, I need to, chivalry's not dead. I need you to step to the front and say, hey, no, 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 you don't get to take shots at them anymore. You got to go through me first. And although I will never call for violence, I will tell you that violence begets violence. And when they throw the first rock or they throw the first anything, then at that point, consequences kick in. And we show them exactly who we are with the grace of God. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm going to go ahead and pray if it's okay. And then uh, I'm going to pray anyway. Even if you don't like it, I'm going to pray. What do you think, Mr. Producer?
1: I think that if they don't want you to pray, we need to pray for them.
0: I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, but you don't want Every one
1: of you jumping off. Every one of hey, you jumping A-Dig, off. We see you're you. are not
0: going. By all company. Had a great night. You could wait for the prayer. What's wrong with you guys popping off before the prayer?
1: A-Dig, Jesus is going to slap oh, you. Oh,
0: no. No, that's, I'm. I'm really. I'm offended. No, I'm not offended. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I want to say thank you for men like Steve, for men like Joel, for stepping in the gap and doing the things that are necessary to protect our community. Father, I want to thank you for the leaders that are, that are, that are finding their footing, that are deciding that, if not them, who? And if not now, when? I want to thank you for being on the hearts of those in our country and for giving them steadfast support, giving them the courage and stamina to stand up, Father. I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me and my family, the peace that you've reigned in over my life. Despite all the things going on, I thank you for just the, just the opportunity to, to have fun in the middle of it. I, all bad things could be happening at the same time, and I'm still going to smile, Father, because I know that you're right there. And I thank you. I thank you for just putting me on a path. It probably wouldn't have been my path, but I would thank you for putting me on it, and thank you for putting others on the path they're on. Father, I ask you to, to, for a special blessing over Steve and his family and for the the men and women who are standing up in a school district. Father, I ask for you to infect the heart of those that would do harm to children and would use them as tools that would spread this perversion, this propaganda in the classroom. I would ask you to block that, Father. I would ask you to just make your will be done. Give them the strength and the courage to stand up. Give them the strength and the courage to fight against these these evil, misguided individuals that try to bully and intimidate people within the community. I would, Father, I would ask you to break down these Antifa walls and these these people in our revolution and, and these communists, these Marxists, these people that want to do harm to our country and to our community. I would ask you to just stifle them, Father. Push them back. Father, please, please bless Joel. He's... He's an amazing journalist doing amazing work. He's standing with courage. And he's letting his pen tell a story that the community across the country needs to hear. Father, I would ask you to raise up more people like Joel to help him that he may mentor others into this environment so that they can use the pen as well to reach families, to reach community members, to reach husbands and wives and brothers and sisters all over the nation with truth, Father. Father, please bless those that are listening and those that aren't. Give them peace. Help them to recognize that this is just a trial that we have to go through. But we must go through this trial with conviction and doing the hard work, doing the work that's necessary to get us through and to restore integrity to our communities, to restore you to our communities, Father. I ask all of these things, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I have to tell you, we uh, go over to my pillow, if you will, and use code CD21 support Mike Wendell. I will be on for one of the shows in the morning. I will not be here for the show tomorrow night, but. Uh, Mr. Producer has some stuff going on tomorrow night. should be fire. Tomorrow morning, we have Vicki Tonkins on. Do we not? We do. All right. You're not going to want to miss this. (laughs) Let me just tell you who Vicki Tonkins is. She is the chair of the El Paso County, Colorado GOP. She is one of the few minority chairs in the country for the GOP. She has spent the last two terms being attacked by rhino racist people in the Republican Party. And you know what they say? Oh, we're not racist. Come on, Joe. See, we have a Chinese person who's our friend. <laughs> we're going to have Vicki Tonkins on and we're going to bring receipts about how these, I'm going to call them pukes, these Democrats, these wolf and sheep clothing, walk around. Our communities sowing division in those communities. These people are liars. They're elitists. Actually, I don't even know if you call Eli Bremer an elitist. I mean, we can call him a swimmer, like boomer, okay boomer. We can call him okay swimmer.
1: Yeah, they're lizards. They're, they're little snakes. Lizards.
0: Lizards, I like that. <laughs> Lizard people. They're like little, little lizards. They're like little Zuckerbucks. Little racist little Zuck- lizards. Little, little zuckerbucks Zuckerbucks. <laughs> Little zuckers. <sighs> yeah, no, we, we're, we're going to have a great show tomorrow, and we're going to go through a bunch of stuff. So, listen, God bless you all. Have a great night. Kiss your wives, your husbands, your kids. Hopefully you don't have a wife and a husband. That would be kind of weird. But uh, And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.
1: If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there.